What my dad really meant to me uh, was a lot of categories in my life. He was my one and only and what I am now. I look back and now I see the, what I truly am. I'm my dad. I miss him. I will meet him again. So I love you, dad. Happy Father's Day, Papa Bear. And CJ says, Happy Grandpa's Day. Thank you for showing me what it means to be a, a godly dad uh, and for showing me how to put others first. I love you. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day, Dad. I love you. When I think of a father, how special they are, I think of my dad, somebody that is honest, dependable, hardworking, just always there for me, and, and that's the kind of father that I want to be to my own children, mainly dependable, and that's something that my dad has always been dependable. I just wanted to tell you, Dad, I love you. Happy Father's Day, and thank you for the way that you raised us boys. I hope you have a great day. I love you. Happy Father's Day, Dad. Love you. Good morning, and happy Father's Day to the dads out there. My dad is here. Love you, Dad. Happy Father's Day. I am so grateful for you. Um, I'll be talking about my dad some more in this message, so just, you know, prepare for that. Um, but today is also a special day for a couple other reasons. For me and Brooke, it is our anniversary, and so uh, love you, babe. And... Miss Betty Burkett, uh, it is also her anniversary. When Brooke and I were married on June 20th, uh, Miss Betty and Brother Ben celebrated their 50th anniversary that same day. And so we've had this special connection for anniversaries. And Brother Ben went home to be with the Lord a few years ago, but they have been a, have been a faithful part of this church family for lots and lots of years. Uh, and it's also Arthur's birthday today, all right? So... Arthur, Arthur's always singing on stage, so let's sing for Arthur this morning, okay? We're going for it. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Arthur. Happy birthday to you. All right. That's some good, clean, corny family fun right there. That's what Father's Day is all about. I had a long list of dad jokes, but I'm going to spare you this morning. Um, 
Hey, we are going to talk about dads this morning, but we are continuing our series in the book of Psalms. Uh, We've been in the book of Psalms for the past few weeks, and really throughout this summer, we're going to focus on different Psalms. And uh, we've learned several things from the Psalms, starting in Psalm 1, and then we looked at Psalm 121 and Psalm 122 last week, where David writes, I was glad when they said, let us go into the house of the Lord, and I've been encouraged to be with you this morning. Today we're going to look at Psalm 103, which is not really a Father's Day psalm, uh, but there's some principles in here that I believe will encourage all of us who are dads and really any of us who have any kind of capacity of, uh, of leading, whether you're a mom or a dad, whether, whether you are mentoring people in your life, any time you have influence in your life, that you have the opportunity to influence others, these principles will be um, helpful that uh, that we're going to go through this morning. So uh, we're going to go through that. Let me read our kind of launching point text, which is Psalm 103, verse 13. And it says this, As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. As the father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. And this morning, we're going to look at what it means to be a compassionate father, what it means to be a compassionate father. Before we do that, I I want to acknowledge, as Arthur already has a little bit, that Father's Day is not an easy day for everybody. Uh, There are folks in this room who have lost a dad this year, who have lost a husband who you raised kids with. There are dads in this room who have lost kids this year or who have lost kids in in your life, and this is a hard day. There are some who have had uh, difficult relationships with their dad, to say the least. Some maybe who have never known their dad, their father. And so this morning as we celebrate dads, we acknowledge that this is not an easy day for everybody. But we praise the Lord this morning that we do have a compassionate father that we have a perfect father, that we have an everlasting father, as the book of Isaiah says. And this morning as we celebrate dads, we ultimately glorify our perfect heavenly father. So let me pray, then we'll get into our message today. Lord, we love you because you loved us first. And it wasn't just lip service, you demonstrated your love for us in this while we were still Sinners far from you, you sent Christ, your only son, to die for us. And greater love has no one than this, than a man would lay down his life for his friends. And so this morning we thank you that you are a father who loved us enough to give your only son. And not only are you a father through Jesus Christ, you have called us friends. What an incredible thought. And so this morning as we talk about fatherhood, celebrate dads. Ultimately, God, we celebrate you, the perfect heavenly father. And Lord, I also want to pray this morning that you would comfort as only you can. Your word says that you are a father to the fatherless. And so, God, I pray for those who have had a difficult relationship with their father, who have lost a father, God, that you would be near to them this morning. Your word also says that you are near to the brokenhearted. And so for those this morning who this is a difficult day, that there is heartbreak associated with this day because of loss or strained relationships, God, I pray that you would be near 
Lord, we love you. This day is for you and it's about you. So be the center of attention, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, Psalm 103, verse 13. Let me read it one more time. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. And this morning we're going to look at what it means to be a compassionate father. And we're going to go through Psalm 103 and we're going to pull some principles out of this psalm. Six principles that will help us as we seek to be a compassionate father. So we're going to go to verse 1. The first principle is this, a compassionate father knows where his blessings come from. A compassionate father knows where his blessings come from. Here's what David says in Psalm 103, starting in verse 1, my soul bless the Lord and all that is within me bless his holy name. My soul bless the Lord and do not forget all of his benefits in verse 4. I'm sorry, verse 5 says, he satisfies you with good things. Your youth is renewed like the eagle. David is really clear right here at the beginning of Psalm 103 that he blesses the Lord because every good and perfect gift comes from him. And as we seek to be a compassionate father, the kind of father that, that teaches our kids to know and to love and to follow God, we need to recognize first and foremost that everything comes from him. Everything comes from him. It seems really simple, right? This seems like a really simple concept. But if we can help our kids to understand the reality that every good and perfect gift comes from the Father, we will help them get through a lot of difficult things in life. Because one of the most difficult things in life is not understanding why we have to face the things that we face, is, is trying to figure out uh, if we measure up, did, am, I, am I not getting the things that I want because I'm not good enough? Am I not getting the things I want because I didn't do enough good things? And we struggle with this, this idea of identity and, and the blessings that I have or the blessings that I don't have. And we struggle with, with uh, our, our place in that. But this morning, we need to recognize that every good gift comes from God. It comes from his hand, through his hand. James 1.17 says, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights who does not change like shifting shadows. So let me ask you this morning, how many good and perfect gifts come from God? Every one, all of them. Every good and perfect gift, every single one of them. So I think in our lives sometimes we struggle now, was that God's blessing in my life or did I, did I do that? <laughs> what, did I just get lucky or was that God's blessing? Was that God's blessing or was that just because that person likes me and so they, they did that nice thing for me? And this morning, I want you to know, God may use many instruments in blessing you, but every good and perfect gift comes from him, not from anywhere else. He may use people, he may use circumstances, he may use situations in your life to bless you, but I promise they all come through his hand. And so, let me get you to practice something with me, okay? I just want you to say, praise the Lord. Ready? One, two, three. Praise the Lord, because every good and perfect gift comes from him. And that's something you can teach your kids. When something good happens in life, say, praise the Lord. 
If they got an A on their test, say praise the Lord. If I got an A on my test, my dad always said praise the Lord because it definitely wasn't for me. Right? My motto was C's get degrees. I'm sorry, parents, for teaching that to your kids. Did your kids study hard? That's great. Say, I'm proud of you and how hard you studied. Praise the Lord. Those things don't have to be mutually exclusive. It's not you did a good job or praise the Lord. It's praise the Lord, you did a good job. Those things go together because every good and perfect gift comes from God. That reminds us that God is in control. Now, let me say this too. Every good and perfect gift comes from God. But even the difficult things that happen in our life come through God's hand as well. In Job chapter 1, verse 21, Job, who, who God had blessed him incredibly. He had an incredible family. He had incredible wealth. He had incredible success. And one day it all got taken away. And here's what Job said, Job 121, naked I came from my mother's womb and naked I will leave this life. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now, at first, it doesn't seem comforting that the difficulties of life come through God's hand. But let me ask you, what's the alternative? The alternative is that chaos is in control, or that sin is in control, or that Satan is in control. But no, God is in control. And the blessings of life come from him, and the difficulties of life come through his hand as well. And not only that, God is working all things, all things, the good and the bad, together for the good of those who love him and who are called according to his purpose because God is in control. And a compassionate father knows where his blessings come from, and he helps his kids to understand where their blessings come from, and that God is in control. There is nothing outside of his hand. There is nothing outside of his discernment, his sovereignty. There is nothing outside of his control because he is God. He is God. And a compassionate father recognizes that and teaches that to his children. Here's the second thing. A compassionate father knows he needs forgiveness. Psalm 103, verses 3 and 4 says, He, speaking of God, forgives all your iniquity. He heals all your diseases. He redeems your life from the pit. He crowns you with faithful love and compassion. And a compassionate father knows that he needs God's forgiveness. Only God has the ultimate right to forgive sin because all sin ultimately is against God. I I recognize this in my own life because Brooke and I have four kids and our kids sin sometimes. Shocking, right? I thought it was funny, actually, the, the little video, my four kids were standing there with the little puppy dog and they said, happy Father's Day, Daddy, we love you. Well, I happened to be in the house while they were shooting that video. Took a few tries because it wasn't that sweet. My little boy David was, you probably saw him in the video. He didn't say anything. He was just standing there. Well, the first three tries, he was, "Eh, eh, eh," 
And then his big sisters got frustrated with him. And then it was like, and, and I'm sitting downstairs thinking, oh, they love me so much. <laughs> uh, and, and Brooke was up there trying to wrangle the chaos. My kids are sinners. They're mean to each other. They're mean to their friends sometimes. They lie. Some of them have cheated at school. Got those emails from teachers. Set up some parent-teacher conferences. I love them. They're awesome. But when they sin, when they're mean to each other, that, that, that breakdown in relationship, it's not just between them. Because I'm their dad, and it breaks my heart too. Right? Parents, you know, when your kids are mean to each other, that breaks your heart. And my boys are little, and they, they, they start wrestling, and it's fun, and they're laughing, and then somebody punches somebody in the face, and then there's crying, and then they get mad at each other, and I say, boys, you are brothers. You don't, you don't treat each other this way. Now, y'all can wrestle, that's fine, but we're not going to be mean to each other because you're brothers. And it hurts my heart when they're mean to each other. Parents, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And God is the ultimate father. And when we sin against one another, we're not just sinning against one another. When we sin against his law, it's not just about we broke the rules. We're grieving the heart of the father. The same way that our kids grieve our heart when they step out of line. You know why? Because we know what's best for them, right? We want what's best for them, right? We want them to love each other. And when they don't do that, it grieves our heart. And and when we step out of God's wisdom, instruction for our lives, it's not just about us. It's not just about the person that we may have hurt, the person that we may have taken advantage of. It's about our relationship with God. And a compassionate father knows he needs God's forgiveness because every sin is against our heavenly father. And what's incredible is our heavenly father will forgive us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And the way he accomplished this forgiveness of sins was by sending his only son, Jesus Christ, to die on a cross to pay the penalty for those sins. He didn't just wipe them away. He bought our freedom. He purchased our redemption. He made a way through the cross. Sin isn't sin just because culture says it's sin or because society says it's sin. Sin isn't sin just because something gets on our nerves. Let me say this. Sometimes my kids get on my nerves. (laughs) That doesn't mean they're sinning. They're just being kids. And sometimes I say, stop acting like children. But they're children. That's just what they do. And sin isn't sin just because we have an opinion about something. Sin isn't sin just because we, we look at somebody and go, well, I wouldn't do it that way. That doesn't make them a sinner. 
What, what makes sin sin is God. He gets to decide what's sin and what's not sin. We don't get to. But if God decides something is sin, it's because he knows what's best for us and wants what's best for us. Because he is the creator of life. He knows how life best operates, the, the boundaries for life to operate, right? If you have a car, there's certain things you have to do. You got to put gas in it. You don't just get to decide, yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm not really into gasoline. Well, then your car's not going to run. I, yeah, I just don't really want to change the oil ever. Well, okay. But the, the engine is eventually going to lock up. Yeah, I, I know that I'm supposed to drive in the right lane, but I want to drive in the left lane. Okay, you're going to get in an accident. You're going to hurt yourself. You're going to hurt other people. Like, we don't get to just decide that stuff. And in our own lives, God has outlined some things for us, some boundaries for our lives. And when we step outside of those boundaries, it's called sin. And just because our culture says, well, that's not sin anymore, that doesn't mean that it's not sin anymore. Scripture is really clear about things like sexual relationships. They're, God designed them. God created a man and a woman. And he said, for this cause, a man shall leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. I don't think I have to tell you what one flesh means. God created that that relationship for the bounds of marriage. So a sexual relationship outside of marriage is sin. It just is. It doesn't matter what culture says. The Bible also designed marriage between a man and a woman. And so a same-sex relationship is sin according to God's word. And it's Pride Month and culture wants to say love is love and God's word is just clear. Now, there's lots of sin in your life too. <laughs> and I picked a couple of sins that are just cultural touchstones right now. But let me tell you this too. Racism is sin. James calls it the sin of partiality. When you treat someone differently because they look different than you or you think you can get something from them or not get something from them, that's sin. And God is the ultimate arbiter of justice. He is the only one who can forgive sins. And sometimes we think, well, that's sin because I don't like that thing, or that's sin because I don't like that thing. And your opinion just really doesn't matter. <laughs> because God is God, and we are not. And we all, every single stinking one of us, needs God's forgiveness. There is none righteous. Not even one. That's good news if you know you're a bad person. It's bad news if you think you're a good person. <laughs> a compassionate father knows he needs God's forgiveness. This principle goes hand in hand with the next principle, which says this, a compassionate father knows integrity and justice matters. Verse 6 says, the Lord executes acts of righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. 
Psalm 103, verse 6 says, Righteousness and justice matter to God. That a compassionate father knows that integrity and justice matters. Your kids are watching you. Your kids are watching you. When you break the rules, when you don't do things the way you know you should, when you talk about people who are different than you, your kids see it. And those things matter to God. Accountability matters to God. Justice and righteousness. And one day, God will make every wrong right. The worst thing you can do is not live a life of integrity in front of your kids. To say one thing and do the opposite, that crushes faith. It absolutely crushes faith. There is an epidemic in the American church of young people walking away from faith. And the primary reason is because their parents say one thing and do the opposite. It's just true. You can't say, eat your broccoli, if you don't want to eat your broccoli. I mean, you can tell your kids to eat it, but if they don't see you eating your broccoli, they're not going to eat it. A compassionate father knows integrity and justice matters. I'm so grateful for a dad who was a preacher, a pastor, who lived his life in a fishbowl for everybody to see. And he was the same guy at home as he was on a Sunday. And man, that's a big deal. And I'm grateful. It doesn't mean he was perfect. And he messed up sometimes. And every time he did, he said, I'm sorry. And we talked about it. And we dealt with it. And dads, we need to live our lives in a way that our kids know that what we say and what we do is the same. And when we mess up, don't pretend like you didn't because that doesn't help. Apologize and move forward. That leads to the next one. Compassionate father is slow to anger and quick to forgive. Verse 8 says, the Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in faithful love. He will not always accuse us or be angry forever. The reason those go hand in hand is because I lose my temper sometimes, especially in traffic. I'm driving my kids to the Christian school, and I'm about to turn, and I'm saying, you idiot. And my little boys are in the back seat. Dad, is that an idiot? Did they? Like, guys. <laughs> when my daughter, my oldest daughter was little, she yelled at somebody in, at, the, at the red light in front of us, and I just had to pull over and said, baby, I'm really sorry. I shouldn't talk that way. I shouldn't be so impatient. Can you please forgive me? And I've had to say the same things to my boys. I have to apologize to them sometimes when I'm cranky at home and I'm impatient with them and I'm short with them and I snap. I have to say, I'm so sorry. I shouldn't be that way. I love you guys so much. That has to do with integrity. But a compassionate father is slow to anger and quick to forgive. 
there's, there's a lot of us who say, I, I just have a temper. I mean, what do you want me to do about it? Get better. <laughs> I want you to change it. You can only do that through the power of the Holy Spirit. But stop making an excuse to say, I just, I just have a temper. That's not an excuse. That's sin too. I, when you leave today, I hope you'll know that you're all sinners. <laughs> Encouraging Father's Day message, right? God bless you, you bunch of sinners. Get out of here. <laughs> Sorry. I'm preaching to myself, okay? Pray and ask God to help you. If you're short-tempered, pray and ask God to help you. I pray it all the time, and I am a work in progress. I have good days and bad days, and I have to ask for forgiveness a lot from my wife and my kids, and ultimately from God, because that sin is not just a sin against them, it's a sin against the Heavenly Father, too. And he has grace for you. Whatever your sin is, he has grace for you. He is abounding in faithful love. And if you take that to him, he'll help you. And it's a daily decision. But a compassionate father is slow to anger and quick to forgive. Dads, don't hang on to your kids' dumb mistakes forever and ever. Forgive them and let it go. Don't remind them every time, well, you did it again, you dummy. That's not helpful. Forgive them and let it go. A father, a compassionate father is slow to anger and quick to forgive. A couple more things quick and then I'll be done. Compassionate father knows our time on earth is short. Psalm 103 verse 15 says, As for man, his days are like grass. He blooms like a flower of the field. When the wind passes over it, it vanishes and its place is no longer known. This life is short. That means a few things to us as dads. One, invest in things that are eternal. Invest in things that are eternal. Lay up your treasures in heaven, not on earth where moss, moth and rust destroys and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Invest in things that matter for eternity, not just for your 401k, not just um, for a bigger house, not just for your hobbies and recreation. Invest in things that matter eternally. Invest in your kids today, today. Don't wait till tomorrow. If you don't know how to change a diaper, learn how to change a diaper. Don't say, well, I'm going to wait till they get out of that stage. And, you know, I'm going to wait till they can have a conversation with me. And that's when I'll start to invest. I don't know what to do with this whole goo goo gaga stuff. Well, figure it out. Get some mentors in your life. Get some help in your life. Get some people who will help you invest. And when they become teenagers, it gets hard. They're hard to talk to. They're hard to look at sometimes when they're like rolling their eyes. <laughs> doing all that teenager stuff. Dad. But love them and invest in them, even when it's hard, because life is short, and they're going to get out of your house one day, and you won't have the same opportunities anymore. So make it a priority right now, today. 
Because as for man, his days are like grass. He blooms like a flower of the field. The wind passes over and boom, he's gone. So make it a priority. You don't have forever with those kids. Some of y'all uh, are in baby stage still. I see Jacob Burke back there holding his little baby and Tiffany back there holding her and Eddie's little boy, Lucas. And their world is nuts right now, right? Crying babies and all that stuff. Don't wish that stuff away because God is using even that. Whatever stage of life your kids are in, we don't have forever. Compassionate Father knows our time on earth, earth is short. The last thing is this, a compassionate father invests in the next generations, plural, verse 17. But from eternity to eternity, the Lord's faithful love is toward those who fear him and his righteousness toward the grandchildren of those who keep his covenant. Think long-term. Think long-term. When you think of legacy, think about the legacy of faith that you will leave. I'm so grateful for Mark Perdue and baptizing those grandsons today and being able to dedicate his little granddaughter. What a beautiful picture, right? We got to think that way. When you think about your kids, when you think about your family, what are, what's the long-term goal? Do you think one day I can't wait for my kids to have little kids so I can be a grandfather who points my grandkids to Jesus? Think that way. I, I have an incredible grandpa, my dad's dad, and I had an incredible grandfather who passed away when I was about 16, my mom's dad. Both of those men did not grow up in Christian homes. My grandpa Janie got saved when he was about 15 years old because he saw this cute girl that went to church and he started going to church with her. And he got saved and they got married and they had two boys. They started a church in Miami, Florida. God blessed them in ministry and the day he gave his life to Jesus, he, he grew up, his dad died when he was a baby. My grandpa, Janie, grew up at a children's home until his mom remarried and came back home with him and, and some brothers and some stepbrothers, and they ran around Jacksonville, Florida. They were kind of like a, like a little street gang in Jacksonville, Florida. My grandpa was the littlest, so he would go pick fights, and then everybody would chase him, and his brothers and stepbrothers would be waiting around the corner. That's just how they rolled. But God transformed his life. And because of that, the trajectory of our family was forever changed. Spiritually. My mom's dad, he didn't grow up in a Christian home. His dad was a tough, mean guy. He moved to Atlanta, Georgia, and he was a mailman. And he got saved while he was a mailman. And he fell in love with God's word. And he started to study God's word. And he started to preach God's word. He was the pastor of this little tiny church. And over time, uh, as an itinerant preacher and full-time mailman, and over time, he gave up the mail job, and he, he was a preacher. He started a great church called Forest Hills Baptist Church, and he preached all over the country. 
And the trajectory of our family's life was changed because he put his faith in Jesus. And, and I stand here today a product of that. And I'm raising kids to know and love Jesus. Do you think that way? Do you think about that generational spiritual impact that only you can have? It is incredible. It is incredible. What God can do through a life of simple obedience. And so, this Father's Day, I challenge you to recognize where your blessings come from, to recognize that you need God's forgiveness, every single one of us, to recognize that God is a God of justice and integrity. To recognize um, that we don't have forever. So we need to invest today to recognize that God is a God who invests in generation after generation after generation. We're here today because of the faithfulness of generations. And in your own families can have this legacy of faith. I want to pray for all of us this morning. God, we love you and we thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you that you are the good and perfect Father. And every blessing comes from you. And God, you're also in control of the hard things that come in our life. And you use those things for our good because you know what's best and you want what's best and you have the power to pull it off. And Lord, we try to define life on our own terms. We try to define what's good and what's bad, what's sin and what's not. God, we're so foolish and prideful. Forgive us. We all need your forgiveness. Help us to look to you as the source of righteousness and justice and not our own opinions. Lord, help us to invest in the next generation today, not, not to wait. Not to wait until we have all the answers, because we'll never have all the answers. We just need to point them to Jesus. Just need to point them to Jesus. And Lord, I thank you that you are working from generation to generation, to generation, to generation, to generation, to generation. God, I thank you for your faithfulness to your people. God, I thank you that 2,000 years ago, you sent your son to die on a cross to raise triumphantly and literally from the dead. That when we put our faith in Jesus' finished work and and death and resurrection, we are adopted into your family, and you have made us a brand new people. And for 2,000 years, your church, a people who have called on the name of Jesus, God, you have faithfully sustained your church. It started in the Middle East, and it's moved all over the world. There is no center of Christianity because you are a God of every nation, tribe, and tongue. And whether it's in Africa or South America or Asia, God, you are doing a work through your people from generation to generation to generation 
And as we sang earlier, all the earth will shout your praise. Our hearts will cry. These bones will sing. Great are you, Lord God. Help us to understand and realize that. God, I pray for dads today. God, encourage them with the incredible privilege that they have. God, it's hard. It's overwhelming. We don't do it perfectly. But God, you have entrusted us. So God, help us to count that as our greatest blessing and privilege. God, I pray for dads this morning who are discouraged. God, I pray that you would remind them that you're not done. You're not done. And that you can still use them in the lives of their kids and grandkids and, and others who you bring in their circle of influence. God, I pray for those who struggle in their relationship with you because they've struggled in their relationship with a dad who was absent, who was evil. God, remind those folks this morning that you are good and your steadfast love endures forever. God, I pray if there's anyone here this morning who's never come into a relationship with you, God, that you would draw them to yourself. God, you told us in your word that those who believe in you, who put their faith in Jesus Christ, are given the right to be adopted as sons and daughters, as your children, and you will be our good and perfect father. So, Lord, I pray for anyone this morning who's never come to that place of faith that you would call them draw them to yourself. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Hi, I'm Pastor Dustin Janney. Thank you so much for joining us online for worship today. If something spoke to you from the message or if you have a question about it, we'd love for you to share that with us. Just comment below or send us a message. And if you made a decision to follow Jesus today, we are so excited for you. We believe there is no more important decision you could make. We'd love to connect with you and help you take your next steps in following Jesus. Again, thank you so much for joining us online today. We hope to see you soon.